All right, Homestead Church, it is great to have you here today. My name is Jeff Kerr. If you are new here, my wife Christy and I pastor the church here. It is great having you. And um, I've been making some standard disclaimers over the last couple of weeks because if you are new here, you've picked an interesting few weeks to come and check out Homestead Church. We've been in the middle of our Welcome Home Capital campaign and just a really quick brief history. Um, we've been a church for three years, and we've been renting space from this lovely Methodist congregation here for those three years, but we believe it is time to find our own church home. So this is something that the people of Homestead Church, we are gathering together, and we are making two-year commitments, and today is Commitment Sunday. So I've made this disclaimer every Sunday. If you picked today to come to church for the first time, and the reason you stayed away from Homestead Church or from any church is because you're tired of the church always asking for your money, well... That's karma or luck or something or, or good timing. Um, we are going to be, this is a, a, a different Sunday morning than what we normally have, but we're glad that you're with us if you are new, and I would love to meet you after the service. So real quick, the specifics of this capital campaign, we're calling it our Welcome Home campaign, and you should have all received a commitment card today. Um, we're going to be filling those out, and really, I just have to let you know, if you are newer to the church um, you wandered in today, or you're here with your mother, and your mother said, the only way you're coming over for ham dinner is if you go to church with me today, and you were handed this connection, or this uh, commitment card, you just have to know, we want to welcome you to the family. This is not like a whole, like, elbow, elbow here. We're here, we want you here for your money. This is not the case at all. For everyone, we want you to know you're a part of the family, and uh, that does not change if you never give a dime to this church. This is for the people who are a part of Homestead Church, unless you really feel like you want to support our capital campaign today. But this is something that the family of Homestead Church, we are here together, and we're saying, you know what, together we're going to make this happen. We're going to raise this money and, and buy a building that we are looking at. Um, so that is what we're doing today. We're going to be collecting these um, cards in a few minutes. So I have a short devotional, and then uh, before we do that, we're going to have someone come up and share just a, a little bit. But then at the end of the service, it's going to be really fun, and I hope this is a celebration of God's faithfulness. We're going to have the kids. The kids have been preparing over the last few weeks to give in this campaign. Um, you, maybe you've seen the kids come home with a little piggy bank, and they have their own little connect cards. Really, the importance of this is we want to teach the next generation about generosity and stewardship and living a life that trusts God in every area, including finances. And that's what we've been really talking about as a church. So the kids are going to come in here. That's going to be awesome. Anytime you have kids and balloons, and it's going to be great. And uh, so you'll want to see that. It'll be kind of like the, at, your, at a wedding when the kids come in as the ring bearer and, and flower girl, and it's, everyone's just watching the kids. Cute kids. You can't go wrong with that, right? So we're going to have that in a few minutes. And then the youth are here. Well, the youth pastors are here. We timed this well. Last night was prom night for Farmington High School, so most of our high schoolers, they're, um, they're still sleeping, um, probably waking up here soon. So, But Stephen and Brooke, they're going to come up and present. They've been talking to the teenagers about this, and the teenagers have gotten together and made commitments on their own, and, uh, and so they have you know one joint commitment from the youth group that they're going to present to us in a little bit. But first, oh, and one other thing. Um, in addition to collecting these commitment cards that you were given, what we've been encouraging people to do, and Christy and I are going to do this as well, is give in what we're calling a first fruits offering. This is kind of a jump start to the campaign. So after today, Commitment Sunday, this is a 24-month campaign. So what we're doing is committing a certain amount of money that we're going to give, Christy and I, and we're asking other families in the church to do that, over the next 24 months. And so the first fruits offering, what we're going to do is we're going to put in a check today that goes towards this commitment, kind of give our campaign a kick start. I was going to say a kick in the butt, but a kick start is a better way to do that. Um, 
So that's our first fruits offering. So that's all going to be coming up in just a few minutes. That's all the, well, that's some of the instructions. But I wanted to start this off. We've been having a few people share testimonies. Stephen and Kristen Mackey, are you here? Come on up. Um, we've had a few people share testimonies of God's faithfulness in the area of stewardship, God's faithfulness that they've seen in, in a life of generosity. Steve and Kristen Mackey, they've been a part of our church from the beginning. He, uh, they were the co-chairs of this campaign, and they just want to share for a moment. Could you welcome them? All right, so we'll try to be short and sweet, um, really, because I didn't write anything down, so I'm going to kind of shoot from the hip. But um, I grew up in the church, and my parents, I know my parents always tithe and stuff, um, but I didn't really get didn't really get a hold of me till I was probably about 25 years old that it's something that's that God wanted for me and that he needed from me um, if I wanted to take the next step in my relationship with him and so we started um, or I started tithing actually maybe it was a little bit before 25 because it was before we were married um, but then so I started tithing and then Kristen didn't grow up in the church or anything so then but I handled all the finances, so I just kind of did it um, and told her, and she was okay with it because she's, she's very generous anyway. But um, those of you who know me a little bit know that I'm, I'm pretty frugal um, is the word I like to use. Some people call it cheap, um, but um, frugal sounds better to me. Um, and so the thought, sometimes when I go back and think about that, like, you know, at the end of the year we get the, the statement, and Kristen's like, she doesn't, or I, like I said, I handle all the finances, so she's like, like, couldn't believe that, like, the numbers, is just, like, we don't even, at this point, it's, it's, like, we barely even notice that it's gone, and we have plenty of friends that we're with that, um, you know, make more money than us, and they're, you know, they live paycheck to paycheck, and we've been um, doing this, and we're, like, we can give away this much money, and then it just seems like God just continues to bless us, where um, I've been in sales, um, well, I've been in sales or commission where I never knew what my my income was going to be from from month to month for my whole adult adult life. So I can't, you know, when I'm going into a campaign, it's tough for me to be like, yeah, we can give that amount because it's this percentage of what what um, you know what we'll make based on our salary. Where um, so it's kind of um, nervous. That's always the nervous part for me. But at the same point, it's it's always been the part where God, I've seen God show up where it's um, where I started. I just, um, and Kristen's going to talk a little bit about, more about this, but I just uh, went full-time. I had a, a corporate job, went full-time owning my own business about three, three and a half years ago, and had no idea that God was going to do um, what he did, where um, I just, I've just seen my, my business where it's, it's not conventional, and it's not anything that I've done, where everybody always asks me, well, what do you do? I just like, I don't know. It's just, it's, I think it's a God thing. Most people don't really get it, but it, it is just a God thing where he's just continued to bless us where, um, you know, we, we didn't, even, didn't even know that this is the path that he had for us where I, had, I, I was planning to do something totally different, and then, he's, and then God just showed me, no, this is what I had for you, and I'm going to continue to build my church through that where um, I find that, um, you know, that he's just been continuing, as long as we continue to give it away, he continues to bless, you know, like, just to bless it and replenish it, and it, it always stretches further than we ever thought were, um, you know, we, um, 
we're not usually like looking at the end of the month like, okay, well, we're, what are we going to do or how are we going to f- feed our kids? But it's just like, how did we feed our kids on that? You know, like on what we spent, you know, but it, that's how, how it is. But I'll let you talk for a little bit too. <laughs> well, what he's referring to is he has owned his own business since he was in high school. He was, a, I think, maybe a junior when he started this business. And it's always been kind of a side gig for him. Um, but I could tell that he's always loved it. And then he started working um, corporate America, and he hated every second of that job. And for a long time, I was like, well, just just, just stop. You don't have to work there. Because I've always worked full time, and I have an amazing job that I love. And they support me 100% across everything that I do, including our family and time off that I need. But he, um, he hated that job every second of the day. And it was miserable and we'd put our kids in daycare and I was always gonna be the one that was gonna stay home with our family and take care of our kids. Um, and then God threw this this like punch at us that said, you know what, Steve, you should not work for that job anymore and, and Kristen, you're gonna take care of your family full time and Steve, you should just be this DJ on the side, <laughs> this wedding DJ on the side uh, or make that your full time job, don't go back to work. Um, and I feel like it was a huge, I was, it was a big, ugly cry. And I'm like, what are we doing? We took our kids out of daycare. And I just continued to go to work every day and come home. And I mean, he probably doesn't want me to say this, but he lost like 60 pounds and like, his, <laughs> and took care of our kids and started making, making meals for our children. And they're like flourishing, like nonstop. And in that, it was a very short time, but in that time, his his whole demeanor changed. He like he completely lit up, and he's doing exactly what he loves. And it was always like, "Holy cow! This is this is God telling us you're doing you're doing exactly what I want you to do, even though it's crazy and shook us up. And we never really know what is to come. But it's it's been so exciting to be kind of along for this journey. Thanks, guys. So yeah, he, Kristen mentioned it. Steve's business is a, a DJ company for weddings and events. So if you have any events, trustworthy music is the way to go. And he even has some other DJs that help him out on the side from time to time. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing to do on a Saturday night. So actually bucket list item I had told Steve, because I help him out with some, some wedding receptions. And I said, you know what would be great? Someday, someday I want to be at a wedding where I'm the minister and the DJ at the same wedding. <laughs> and it's happening this August. August 25th. I'm not sure where, but you're all invited. No, I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think I can do that, but you, we could sneak you in. I love stories like that because we, we hear stories of God's faithfulness, and if you've been around church, you, you're used to the testimony of, well, I stepped out in faith, and started tithing, or God challenged us to give something, and then he provided financially. And that is always, that is always the case, and Christy and I have experienced that in our life. But I love the testimonies that go beyond that of, and then God opened this door, and then God provided in this way, and we are in a spot now where we would have never imagined our family and our life and our career. And it's just because as we are taking steps of faithfulness to God, he orders our steps. He opens doors. He continues to guide. And there's times where it's a step, and we want to see the end result, right? We want to see the end result, like, okay, what's the, game, what's the end game here, God? Because I don't want to take the first step until I know the whole plan. But if he gives us the whole plan, we always mess it up. But he has a step at a time, just step here, I'm going to open this door. And it is always such a great 
adventure of faith that I found, and Christy and I have been on that same thing where we just, we see God orchestrating things and ordering steps and providing, and it's just such a great, I love that story. Thanks for sharing, Mackies. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25 for just a few minutes, and the words will be up on the screen too. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, and this is a story that Jesus told. He often spoke in parables, in stories. So this is the parable of the talents. And you've probably heard this if you grew up in church. I'm going to read the first part of this story. This is Jesus talking to his followers about the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 18. It'll be up on the screen. It says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven, do we got the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He had called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver to invest the money earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. We're going to stop there for a minute. This is the parable of the talents. This is Jesus. Um, this is near the end of the book of Matthew. This is actually getting fairly close to when Jesus knows that he's headed to the cross. His life and ministry on earth, he knows that the time is coming where that is all going to be done and he's going to have to go to the cross. So he talks, you'll find if you read through the Gospels, more and more he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. More and more he's talking about the kingdom of God. He's more and more telling stories like this where you know, the disciples probably didn't recognize it then, but we recognize it now in hindsight. Well, yeah, this is obviously Jesus is telling this story because he's the master in this story and his followers are the servants. This master's about to go away and leave his servants in charge for a while, and then he's going to return. That's Jesus talking about his life. I'm going to be going. I'm going to be leaving you soon. You're going to be in charge, and I'm going to give you things to do, and then I will return. This is Jesus telling his followers about this in this parable. I'm leaving for a while. You're in charge, but I will be coming back. In this story, Jesus is the master, and we are the servants whom he has left in charge of different things. And he's left us in charge of different things to be good stewards of these things, knowing that he's going to come back someday. Amen? He's going to come back someday, and we are going to give account for how we have invested and stewarded the things that he has left with us. So the rest of the story goes like this. Eventually, the master returns after his long journey, and he comes and finds these three servants. He says, okay, how'd we do? How'd we do? I gave you money to invest. I gave you money to steward. I gave you things to do. How did we do? Now, the two servants who had invested what was given to them, the master had very favorable response. And here's his response to these two guys found in verse 21. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. This was a great response to the one who was given five bags of silver or five talents, to the one who was given two bags of silver or two talents. But then the master goes to the servant who was given one bag of silver and said, okay, the other two guys, and at that point the guy's like, oh man, I wish I didn't have to go third, <laughs> you know. You know, what, how did you do? I gave you this. And the guy responds with this, master, I know that you are a hard Master, you are a cruel 
not cruel, but a difficult master. And I, and it's basically out of fear, he says, I knew you wouldn't want me to lose anything. So I buried it in the ground and kept it safe. And here it is for you. Well, the master's response is very different. He does not respond well. In fact, he goes on to call this servant a wicked servant. And he takes the one bag of silver, the one talent, the one thing that he had, and gives it to the other guys who had invested it well. And then he throws him out of the kingdom. This is the story that Jesus tells. It's the parable of the talents. So real quick, before we get into commitment cards and kids and all these things, I just have three things I wanted to point out in this story. This story of the parable of the talents that Jesus shared with his followers that day. And the first point is this. We all have something to steward. God has given us resources. God has given us money. God has given us passions and abilities and energy. But that's the first point. We all have something. Notice in the story, it wasn't the same amount given to all the servants. But it says that he, the master gave it out, each according to their own ability, different amounts, but with the intention of, I'm giving you something to steward. I'm giving you something to manage, to take care of, to invest. God has given that to each of us. It doesn't look the same as everybody's, but God has given us resources, a call on our life. We're not all called to be wedding reception DJs, so we don't have to manage that. And some of you are like, thank goodness. And others like me are like, oh, I wish that was my call. Um, God has given each of us different responsibilities, different roles, different amounts of resources to manage. And what God has given us was never meant to be just kept safe. It was never meant to be just kind of kept on the side or buried in the ground. It was meant to be poured out, to be poured out for others, to be invested, to be managed, to be invested so that we could see it multiply. He left us in charge of these things with the expectation that we will be good stewards of what we've been given. Through this campaign, we've been talking about this idea specifically in regards to our finances. How most of us love to live is we have our finances and we keep a tight grip on them. We keep a tight grip because what if I need it? I have to manage this. What if I need it later? What if the economy turns? What if 10 years down the road I need it? And we kind of, in fear, keep a tight grip on it. And what God is teaching us all is he wants to rid our lives of that fear by changing the flow of resources into I'm going to give it generously away and God is going to continue to provide. Instead of, instead of holding on to it tight-fisted, God is challenging us. Start the flow of resources outwards, and he will continue to supply and provide. But more than money, this story is way more than about money. It's about life. It is about our time. It is about our energy. So what are you spending your life on? Jesus left each of us with things to do, with a great commission to accomplish, with a call to be light and salt in the world, to impact our world for the good, to bring kindness and peace and mercy and love, to love unconditionally, to be his representatives, and also to be generous with our material resources. These are the things that God has given us to manage, to be stewards of, and we all have something that he has given us, right? We all have something. The second point is this, be faithful with what God has given you. Each of those three servants in that story got a different amount. They had a different responsibility. Your call in life, what God has called you to do, might look different than the other person, than the person sitting next to you. And it does us no good to say, well, what about that? Why can't I manage that? Why can't I do that? Why don't you give me that amount of resources, and then I'll be a way better steward of it? What we have is what God has given us, and we simply say, God, I'm going to be faithful with this. Be faithful with what God has given you. Don't waste your days on meaningless things. 
Don't waste your days. Are you faithfully serving and stewarding what God has given you? You have a call on your life. Are you faithfully walking that out, taking that next step of faith? God has blessed many of us with marriage, family. Are you being faithful stewards of that? Are you pouring yourself out in those areas of your life, in faith and devotion, in growing in your faith and in your devotion, taking that next step, in seeing the fruit of the Spirit come more and more evident in your life? All of these things, are we being faithful with what God has given us? Don't waste your days. Young people, don't waste your days. God has so many things for you. Keep taking those steps. And the third point that I want to wrap up with is this. The third point is found at the end of the story. And you look at these um, three servants, and you wonder, well, what were they doing this for? You know, it's not like at the end of the day they were saying, well, I did better than you, I did better than you. What were they doing this for? It was when the master returned, and he said to the two that had faithfully worked, what did he say to them? He said, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. That was it. They got their master's reward of well done. You have been faithful. We believe that there is a day when Jesus is going to come back, and we're going to stand before him, and he is going to look at how we have faithfully managed and stewarded what he has given us to do. And what we're doing is we're living for the well done. That's the third point. We are living for the well done. That moment when we stand before our Lord and he says, well done. It didn't look like everybody else's. I had a unique call for you, but you faithfully did it. You faithfully obeyed and took those steps. Those resources I gave you, you faithfully poured those out to other people and allowed me to be God of your finances. Those relationships, those steps of faith, those things that I asked you to do, you were obedient and you trusted me in every step. We are living for the well done. It's not about taking what God has given us and being safe and secure It's not about hiding it and burying it and keeping it safe. It's not about that call that God has on our life and it's just saying, well, I'm just going to keep myself safe. I'm going to live in the little Christian bubble and make sure I don't, you know, rub contact with any sinners or anything like that. It's No, we are to faithfully steward what God has called us to do. And the results are not numeric. They're not comparative to others. It is about what has God given you to do? What has God put in your hand? Be faithful with it. Be faithful with it. And then you're going to find that God puts something else in your hand. Be faithful with that. And then you're going to find 10 steps down the road. You're like, I can't believe I'm here, but look at what we get to do now because we have been faithful every step. We worry so much about being fruitful all the time, but God is challenging us. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Continuous, over and over. Just keep being faithful with what he has you to do, and then you're going to see fruit in your life that you couldn't even imagine that God was going to do. Don't hide it away. What is in your hand? Don't hold back. Don't waste your life. Live. Run. Invest. Give generously. Pour yourself out. These are the ways that we can be faithful. And in every step, we just trust God. God, I know that you're going to provide. I know that you're going to do great things through this. And it's because one day we will stand before our Lord and he's going to say, well done. Well done. Well done. You did it. You did well. So this capital campaign that we've been in is one simple way for us to invest in what will be standing at the end of time. The building we want to buy probably won't be standing at the end of time, although it's been standing for about 110 years, so it's off to a pretty good start. But that's not why we're doing it. What we are investing in is what will be standing at the end of time when we stand before the Lord. It is spiritual 
investment. It is an investment that is always going to return well. It is something that we'll be able to stand and see spiritual fruit in what we have done. We'll stand and we'll be able to see lives changed because what we have done, lives changed for eternity because of this moment when we come together and we fill out a card with a number. It is not about that and it is not about, well, what's going to happen right now in my bank account. It is about stewarding what God has given us to say, I want it to bear spiritual fruit down the road and we're going to see God provide, and we're going to see God do miracles, and I'm super excited about that, and I'm super excited for all of us one day in heaven when we all get to hear the well done. Well done. You were obedient to what I asked you to do. And there is one other thing before I wrap up that I'm excited about when we all get to heaven one day, and that's, you know, the well done from Jesus and meeting Jesus, that's top of the list for sure. But right under that for me, and I hope for you, is there's going to be a day where we get to meet a lot of people who are in heaven because of what we did. Not only were we able to say, God, I'm going to be obedient and see God do great things in us and through us, but we're going to meet people in heaven who say, I'm here because of an investment you made. I'm here because you had the faith to step out, to start a conversation, to share your faith. I believe there's going to be families in heaven that are going to say, because you gave to that building, that old building in downtown Farmington, my son came to youth group, got saved, and then he invited the rest of his family to come to youth group, and we got saved. And because of your investment in that building, in that tool for ministry, our whole family changed for generations after that. These are the things that I get excited about, right? Amen? These are the things that I think we're going to think in heaven, we're going to stand there and we're be like, I can't believe I got to be a part of this. Where we meet people who say that you served, you stepped out in faith, you shared, you gave, you loved, and we're here today because of you. I look forward to those days. Thank you.